Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 103 of the DCAU Review. I'm one of your hosts, Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. And Cal, we're wrapping up our month of Justice League slash Justice League Unlimited reviews with another fun one today. Yeah, uh, very excited to do this one. This one, we mentioned it actually back during our first week of Justice League Unlimited. Uh, which you can go back and hear in the archives at dcaureview.com. But we are reviewing this week the Booster Gold-centric episode, The Greatest Story Never Told, uh, which is interesting. Uh, As I was uh, doing some research here before we went on the air, I realized it wasn't even intended to be a Booster Gold story uh, originally, but uh, we can get that into that as we discuss this this episode in, in total here. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about that, because that's actually a note I did not have in my own notes, so I'm looking forward to, I'll be hearing that along with the audience, in fact, so I'm looking forward to that. But yes, as we, as you mentioned, Cal, we are talking about the greatest story never told. This is a really interesting episode, and we'll get into our plot and our other main categories as we go. But of course, Cal, we'd like to start these episodes out with a little thing that we like to call the IMDb official yes we do and this is the synopsis for as you mentioned the greatest story never told which was written by andrew kreisberg directed by dan reba with music by the dynamic music partners and that synopsis (laughs) reads as such the justice league battles more drew in the background as the narrative follows booster gold as he attempts to close a walking black hole all while he's supposed to be on crowd control. And that is actually one of the better synopses that I think we've had on an IMDb thing, as far as actually explaining what happens in the episode, Cal. Yeah, uh, what we have here is uh, not much to add to that IMDb synopsis. Well done. What we have, we open up here and it's Booster Gold. He's uh, introducing himself to a crowd of people. Skeets gives him a nice introduction. We learn that he's from the year 2462 and he's traveled back in time. He gives an intro that sounds very much like uh, one that you would read at the beginning of a comic book. Maybe the the introduction of Booster Gold number one or something like that. Uh, He has to to go to his past uh, or return to the past to protect your future. It's Booster Gold. And we quickly (laughs) see that people are not very interested in in booster gold at all. And uh, we, we learn that the booster is, is really after one thing in this entire episode, that being fame and possibly fortune. Yeah. And I think that's really a, a, an interesting part in this episode because, uh, because the way it's sort of set up, like you said, we have this little intro with, with booster introducing himself to this crowd who's sort of 
unimpressed. And then you have him, he goes up to the watchtower. He's complaining to the Martian Manhunter, who's kind of the the head coach of this of this new expanded Justice League, who decides who goes on what missions, and he's just begging him to kind of put him on a mission on, on you know on a on a bigger mission. He's asking him, you know, what about Grodd or the Joker or Darkseid? Like who's out there that I can, you know, he's looking for his his moment in the sun. Uh, and finally, sort of reluctantly, Martian Manhunter allows him to go onto this this mission where the the Justice League is fighting this sort of very obscure DC Comics character called the Wizard Mordrew. Um, and they, they sort of set it up as, oh my gosh, it's going to be this big, off, awesome, epic fight. And uh, this is at least of the episodes we've watched so far, Cal. Uh, this is kind of one of the first ones where we get to see like a huge chunk of this expanded Justice League in action. And uh, I think that's really that's really fun to see. But obviously that's kind of the background. I think that's one of the things that's interesting is that, that that's, this big epic superhero battle uh, is the is the background of a very kind of lighthearted comedic story uh, of Booster Gold kind of figuring out what the you know what it's what it truly means to be a hero. Yeah, as you said, there's a there's a large roster that's a, that's uh, in this episode: Adam Smasher, Aztec, Blue Devil, Crimson Avenger, Dove, Doctor Light, Doctor Midnight, Firehawk, Ice Huntress, The Ray, Rocket Red, Shining Knight, Star Girl, Starman, Stripe. Supergirl, Superman, Thunderbolt, Vi, Vigilante, Wildcat, and of course, uh, you know that's not including Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Jean, who also uh, make appearances alongside the Elongated Man and Captain Atom. So we really have a jam-packed episode here. But the the irony in that is is that it's drilled down to this story that really focuses on one hero. And thinking about it as we get into talking about the plot here, I I think that's one of the great things that I enjoy about Justice League is that you have those episodes later on in the seasons uh, that you know in the future that we'll cover that really incorporate large chunks of the team battling. But when you have these episodes that we're able to drill down on on a handful of characters, one or two, um, w- with the initial episode at least, notwithstanding, I think we talked about when we we talked about initiation, how introducing all those characters and then drilling down to those three or four seemed like a, an odd choice for the for the pilot episode. But it really did set the table for an episode like this, where you you have other things that are happening around you, but they really focus on one character and his story in the midst of all of this stuff. Um, now, Interestingly enough, like I said, as I was going through here and doing some research, I found out that this story was actually intended to be a Firestorm story, ah. uh, but was later changed to a Booster Gold story. Um, Firestorm, of course, never appears in Justice League Unlimited. He did appear in some of the Justice League Unlimited associated comic books and, you know, probably... and. In the action figure Mattel series, they did make a Justice League Unlimited Firestorm, uh, but Firestorm never was one of those few DC characters to never make an actual on-screen appearance here in the Justice League. So interesting that they pivoted to a Booster Gold story, but I think that they had a lot of fun uh, with this whole Booster's really here just just to be a fame and glory hog, which kind of lines up with his character in the comics from my recollection. Yeah, and it's funny uh, when when you're telling a story like that, um, 
to make a character like that that is still kind of inherently likable uh, is is definitely a, t- a tightrope. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's sort of a tough line to walk. And I think the, that's one of the things the story does really well is that even though he's he's such he's you know very openly you know he's asking he's asking the Martian Manhunter like you know what what, what how much money do you, did you make last year in the Justice League and things like that and. You're talking about, yeah, and he seems like the type of guy who would go out and, and you know sell sell deodorant or, or something like that. You know, he's this real kind of, as 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 he said, he's, you know, he's there <laughs> for the fame, fame and the glory, and uh, and uh, and and it's funny to to have that type of character that he could come off very very unlikable very easily, but the the way the story is kind of crafted, he's kind of almost like this this lovable loser because he's, he thinks he's finally going to get his moment to kind of step into the spotlight and, and show off and then show what he can do. And, and in fact, he's, he's put on crowd control as, as the synopsis mentioned, and he's sort of, uh, you know, kicking rocks and, you know, all upset. And in the midst of it, he discovers this, uh, because of all of the damage caused to the city by Mordrew, it sets off this strange black hole device and uh, he has to go on this adventure. And of course the rest of the justice league is, is busy. So he has to handle it himself. And he kind of has a moment where he, and, and along the way he also does other really, you know, goofy things <laughs> like he he, you know, he saves a kid's ant farm and has to deliver a, a you know, a, deliver a baby for a, a screaming pregnant woman because the paramedics got sucked into the black hole um, well, so it's I like think... it's like it's really like it's a, it's like a lesson in humility for him as much as as anything. Well, I was going to say I think I think what they do really well is that he's he's out to seek all of this the fame and and like the accolades, right? And he keeps getting frustrated because nobody knows who he is. People keep thinking that he's Green Lantern. That's the running mm-hmm. joke throughout this is people just call keep calling him Green Lantern. Can I have your autograph? Of course you can. I thought you were Green Lantern. Here are your ants. Thank you, Green Lantern. I'm not Green Lantern. I'm Booster Gold. If I were Green Lantern, my costume would be green. Now, wouldn't it? I have officially hit rock bottom. Thank you, Green Lantern. So each and every time he thinks that he's going to get some sort of praise or glory for something, it's either something silly, like saving an ant farm from a burning building, <laughs> or it's something where nobody else around really sees what happens, um, you know, with the delivering of the, of the baby or, you know, he, he thinks he's going to, he thinks he's going to place the collar on the, yeah, there's this restraint collar that the, he's given to try and shut off this, this walking black hole and he keeps failing at every turn to try and get it on. He gets, you know, he gets sidetracked or he, you know, he, something, something literally impedes him or he gets, he gets hit by a train at one point. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he, he, and it gets beaten down to the point where he just, he doesn't, even when he finally succeeds and he's able to be the hero, um, you know, Skeets, his, his robotic sidekick, encourages him tells tells him oh this is the point where you get to quote kiss the girl unquote (laughs) 
Sir, according to my thermal sensor readings of Dr. Simmons, you just missed a prime opportunity to, well, I believe the phrase is, kiss the girl. Kissing girls is for heroes, Skeets. And he's, you know, he doesn't even feel like he's deserving of that at that point and, and walks away. So, yeah, humility is definitely something that he's taught. And I think that that subverting of the story each time that you think he's going to get what he what he wants. It's a little bit like the the Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner <laughs> bit, you know, just when he thinks he's going to get it here. Here literally comes a train and he gets hit by a train, you know? Yes. Yeah, it actually reminds me of the uh, the recent live-action Shazam movie. A lot of that movie is, it seems like you're setting up for the big heroic moment, but then he's kind of, uh, you know, he's so inexperienced or he, he's in it for the wrong reasons and it kind of keeps getting in his own way before finally at the end getting getting the big heroic moment. And, and that certainly is, is on full display here and... Uh, yeah, I, I think it results in a, in a really, really fun episode, and I, I actually gave Plot a 9 out of 10 for this for this episode. <laughs> uh, I chuckle because I also gave this a 9 out of 10. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I must admit, going into this episode, this was one that I, I have not reviewed a lot. I, I don't remember watching this one. This wasn't one of those that I had on on repeat a lot, but I, I enjoyed this one. And, and I think, I think I would have probably given it, uh, you know, maybe the perfect score, a 10 out of 10, just if there had been a, a different villain, I hate the walking. Like, I feel like they could have with the amount of people that they have at their disposal at this point, they could have had some other villain be the villain or, you know, the, the threat, the walking black hole be the threat. Um, and instead, it's just sort of this no-name professor who's a walking black hole. <laughs> That's my yeah, if, if it if it had been another supervillain or something that that could have that could have added a, an an extra little wrinkle to this that would have made it more fun. But uh, yeah, I, I I would agree. It's still it's still a really strong episode, and like like we said, it's it's still very very likable. And we'll get into that certainly in voice acting. But uh, the the back and forth between Skeets and Booster Gold. Let me just tell you. When Skeets gets sucked into that black hole and like the music swells. prospect of skeets dying that i than i was when captain adam out in initiation <laughs> like i was so much more invested in skeets the the flying robot uh booster gold's <laughs> robot hype man than i was in uh in the actual living being captain adam dying a couple episodes ago i think that's a testament to skeets's personality and or a testament to the lack of personality that captain adam had <laughs> in that first episode <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's fair enough uh moving on here to visuals and animation cal uh so it's funny because there's some very visually interesting things but uh maybe the most visually interesting stuff is the little brief glimpses we get of the justice league fighting this wizard mordrew um and we get we get very little of that. And I actually thought it was funny. And we mentioned this, I think, on last week's episode. But uh, when on this first season of Justice League Unlimited, 
the uh, the theme song includes clips from the episode you're watching. And like 95% of the clips they show from this episode are the clips of the Justice League fighting Mordrew. And I actually thought that was clever because it's like, that's like, that's a way to use this to like subvert the expectations. Cause you, the way it's all set up, you think, okay, this is going to be a big epic team battle against this giant wizard. And then that's like, you know, three minutes of the 22 minute episode is devoted to to actually seeing anything from that battle and the rest of it is is booster dealing with with this sides with you know with this this black hole that's you know stuck inside this guy's stomach so it's i thought that was actually really clever and uh yeah the, the battle itself looks very cool but we don't get to see very much of it yeah, um, I I would concur. I think maybe like a companion episode where you saw what was happening on the other side of things certainly would have been interesting. Um, but I, I actually think there there were still some visually interesting things happening even outside of that battle. I mean, we do get the introduction, first appearance of the elongated man. Well, first fleshing out of the character of the elongated man. So we get to see our, our first stretchy guy. Uh, here in in the uh, in the JLU, um, and the first mention one... of Plastic Man, despite him never actually visually appearing in this or any other episode. Yeah, another one of those characters who was featured in the comic book and in the in the accompanying Justice League Mattel action figure series, but never featured on screen was Plastic Man. Just the one no uh, nod here, so interesting. But uh, yeah, Elongated Man, of course, visually interesting character. You know, sure he's he's Detective Mister Fantastic, but he's uh, <laughs> st- that that's still a visually interesting character for sure. Um, and and I think honestly, the way that they visualized. I did just knock the character of the walking black hole, but the way that they visualize the, the power of the black hole and things being sucked into it and the way that they sort of elongated and distorted themselves before they got sucked in. Um, this isn't the first episode, Liam, by the way, with a black hole. If you recall, there is a Superman, the animated series episode that yes. we saw probably 3 million times <laughs> with Jaxer and Mala that was in heavy rotation where they, they we have not power i believe that episode's called man man that would be a great pull if you did actually pull the name of that episode but um yeah that we have not reviewed it yet here on the show but that one was one that was in heavy rotation yes. on the uh, on the kids wb back in the day but they visualize things very similarly in that in that you know, when you get sucked in your body just elongates sort of like a plastic man type character so I, uh, I I appreciated they kept the continuity going here as far as how things uh, <laughs> things things look when they're sucked into a black hole, but of course uh, when at, at the very end or at the tail end, Mordrew uh, sort of his the battle with Mordrew and the Justice League and Booster Gold's uh, attempt to corral this walking black hole kind of come to a head as Mordrew uses his powers to make this skyscraper come to life. And uh, there were some great visuals of this sort of uh, he, this building all of a sudden has a mouth and uh, the visual gag of of them flying out through the uh, wh- where the, uh, the, the <laughs> behind of the building would be, I thought was was pretty witty also. Um, but yeah, that you get get some. You get some interesting visuals there as thing as the building this building starts to start walk around <laughs> and it, the front windows look like teeth and I, I thought visually it this this episode was was fun all around. 
Yeah, there's, and there's something that you mentioned uh, that some of the cool black hole effects. I think the the spot where the the subway train gets sucked in is is really really well done because it sort of comes at him and it sort of crunches down into like this two D like snake like thing and kind of swirls around as it's getting sucked in. They did some very clever uh, things with with those effects and then. At the end, when uh, when Booster does finally get the collar on uh, the Doctor Brown, and he and the and the black hole is sort of reversed, and everything kind of starts flying back out of him. I thought that was that was clever. There's a spot where Booster's kind of lost. Uh, he, he was distracted by I think it was when he was uh, delivering the baby, and he goes to try to find uh, uh, the, his his doctor friend and and. Uh, he can't quite find her. And then he notices a flock of birds being sort of, they're flying up and then they all of a sudden they, they get sucked back down. I thought that was a, a really clever uh, effect as well. So yeah, they do some, some really visually interesting things with the black hole uh, stuff as well. I, I agree there. And actually I went ahead and gave visuals here an eight out of 10. I thought this was a, very strong episode. Uh, I thought it was strong, but I thought it was stronger than what you thought it was. Uh, I actually gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 for visuals. I, wow. I um, Yeah, I struggled to find anything that I didn't like about this. You know, we, we haven't even discussed the composite Superman cameo. Yes. Uh, which, of course, we did allude to on our Instagram this week, if you follow us at DCAU Review. But, uh, you know, even Composite Superman, who is this, I guess he's a Silver Age. Uh, yeah, I guess he falls under that Silver Age, like weird half Superman, half Batman creation. <laughs> uh, he makes an appearance, uh, actually voiced by one Susan Eisenberg, as we'll discuss uh, yes. in voice acting. But uh, I thought that was a nice little nod to that goofy off the wall character that has no place in this sort of continuity. But uh, you know, with this, this mad villain who's uh Martian Manhunter refers to him as the most uh, magical or, you know, the strongest, strongest uh, magic or ha- has the most amount of magic in him. I think he is what he says uh, more than any other person he's ever come in contact with. Um, you know, so, so for, for that character to be able to make a, uh, a, a cute little, little wink to the camera there with composite Superman, I thought was really awesome too. Agreed. And that will move us on to music here, Cal. And I'll be honest, Cal, I don't have a ton of music notes this week. Uh, ha, music notes. There's a pun. And, uh, yeah, I, I I thought the the music was fine, but there wasn't really much that really stood out to me as far as like great moments. I think there's some sort of fun epic fight music towards the end, as as you mentioned, when sort of the battle with Mordru is is converging on Booster dealing with the black hole. But there wasn't a lot that was like really really stand out to me. What about you? Yeah, I, I was um, I was a little disappointed with music, especially after we had talked so much about how music played such a huge role in last week's episode, uh, which of course was uh, for the man who has everything. Again, check it out on wherever you listen to your podcasts or at dcaureview.com in the archives. Uh, but we talked about just how great the music was last last week and how, what a pivotal role it played in that episode and setting the tone. And um, I think this week it, it it sets the tone, but it's it's less of a focus. It's certainly less um, of an impactful tone. I didn't quite take note 
of any particular booster gold theme that stood out. There's one that sort of plays as Skeets gives his intro at the beginning and uh, explaining to the crowd just who booster gold is. But I didn't hear that really come into play, at least in a major way later on. So there's a lot of, a lot of mood setting music here, which is fine. And uh, we've talked about how that a lot of times plays an important role in episodes, but but maybe just doesn't doesn't do enough to blow us away or make a giant impact. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it certainly plays in back. And as we said, because this is kind of such a light episode and it's very much focused on the on the dialogue and and on some of the as you mentioned some of the sort of more broad physical comedy of a booster being about to save the day and then a car falls on him or he gets hit by a train or. Some of that, yeah, I think the, the music certainly, I think, uh, kind of falls into the background in that way. And, uh, yeah, for, for that reason, like I said, nothing nothing wrong with it, but nothing super standout. I just gave music the, the old standby of a uh, 5 out of 10. All right, yeah, I went a little bit higher. I went a 7 out of 10. I think it does set set the mood pretty well in some of those, especially in those battle scenes. Uh, the climax, uh, honestly, of the episode, as I said, where where Booster's story sort of uh, clashes with the, the rest of the Justice League. I thought that the, the music setting that up to... The and and even when Skeets gets sucked sucked into the black hole, I thought that that uh, that that really really did well for that scene. Um, again, it's not a memorable theme. It's not something that that you will remember or that you'll be humming <laughs> humming later on. Uh, but it was it was enough to me to make an impact in that scene to give it a little bit higher. So I went seven out of ten. Very good. And Cal, that will bring us to our final category here which is, of course, voice acting. And in addition to all our regulars, we actually have a pretty star-studded guest cast here to talk about. So in addition to your regulars, as we've mentioned, we had Carl Umbley as the Martian Manhunter. We had Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. We have Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, I think we heard George Newbern yell at one point. I don't know if they have, like, uh, libraries. <laughs> Definitely screen, yeah. yeah. I don't know if, I don't think he had any actual lines. I don't know if they, ha- if they have, like, they just used an alternate take from a previous episode of like, some of the ADR and uh, threw it in here. I don't, I don't know quite how that works, but, uh, yeah, we have, so we have a, some of the, and of course we have Phil Lamar's Green Lantern as well, all sort of in, in very brief minor appearances. Um, uh, but then we have we have a big guest cast here to talk about. Uh, starting out with you mentioned the elongated man was kind of a treat visually. Uh, he was voiced by one uh, Jeremy Piven. Get out of here! Yeah, of Entourage fame, um, <laughs> and of the goods live hard, sell hard. Everyone remembers that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, he wasn't a great movie star, but he was a, a very, you know, uh, he's, I think yeah. Entourage alone, he's a big, big, big TV star over the years. Absolutely. So it's, uh, can't wait for Summerfest. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> Crossover. Uh, but yes, I, I thought that was, that was cool because, I mean, yeah, Elongated Man pops up in a, in a few different episodes. And I, and I think I even, maybe even back then, uh, uh, when I was watching the show, I always thought, like, that sounds like a familiar voice. But of course, uh, I never really thought thought about it, but when I was uh, I was looking at the credits, I was like, "No way!" But yes, yes, in fact, Jeremy Piven is the voice of the elongated man, and he's good because again, the, whole, the there's kind of this this side this little side resolution to 
uh, Booster and the Elongated Man kind of commiserating about being overlooked and underutilized. And finally, Elongated Man gets called into the battle, and we find out at the end that he's actually the one who saved the day and, and stopped Mordrew. So I thought that was clever. And yeah, it's, it's fun, fun little, uh, even for a minor role like this, it's, it was fun to see that name pop up. Absolutely. Uh, we have Lori Laughlin playing Dr. Simmons, <laughs> the, uh, the the love interest of Booster Gold, who folks may know from uh, such things as uh, Full House. She played Becky on, on Full House. You may also know her because <laughs> she went to jail, or she might be going to jail as part of a college admissions scandal, which broke in the uh, early, early or late spring or early summer of 2019, where a lot of uh, rich uh, celebrities and business people uh, got caught kind of uh, trying to bribe. I think bribe is the word. Yes. To, uh, uh, certain uh, higher learning facilities to get their children admitted, uh, mostly through f- uh, sort of fake uh, athletic scholarships. Some might call um, it pay, pay to play. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that might be why she, if, if you hear that name and you recognize it, it might be from Full House. <laughs> or it might be because you've watched the news at some point in the <laughs> in the last year and have heard her name in that way as well. But hey, she does she does a fine job here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she plays she plays the voice. Of, I mean, say nothing of the human being herself. Uh, she she can play a she can play a a decent. She does a great vocal performance. We'll, yes. we'll leave it at that. Uh, we have. Billy West as Skeets and actually as Dr. Brown, the walking black hole as well, um, who folks might know as the voice of several of the main characters on Futurama, um, including Fry, kind of the main, the main, the main character of the show, as well as the professor and uh, the lobster alien Zoidberg. Um, Just a, a tremendous voice actor. He's done a lot of voices for, kind of the more modern uh, Looney Tunes things. I think he mm. still does the voice of Elmer Fudd. And he also did, I think he did the voice of Bugs Bunny and it might've been in Space Jam, I, honestly. Um, but in, in he's done a lot of different uh, Looney Tunes voices. And uh, yeah, just a tremendously talented uh, voice I, actor. And uh, we talked about I thought that it was. Yeah, I thought I thought it was funny. It was cool that he gets to switch up roles here. Obviously, in Futurama, he plays the human being that has a that has a robot. Bender is his robot, so mm-hmm. he gets to switch it up here and, and play the role of the robot for a change. So, yeah, I think he does he does a great job as as Skeets' voice. Skeets has a lot of personality. Um, it, it's an innocent a, a bit of innocence to him. He's obviously Booster's biggest fan. On top of it, uh, so he he doesn't have a ton of ton of like heavy lifting to do here but for the yeah. role that he is is asked to play he does it really well i thought yeah well i just my favorite line might be i think it's right near the beginning of the episode but when he's booster's kind of lamenting that nobody wants his autograph except for the one kid who thought he was green lantern and and skeets very earnestly goes sir i would like your autograph <laughs> i would like your autograph sir shut up skeets <laughs> i thought that was so funny and uh, I thought that was really well done. And then, yes, we have uh, Tom Everett Scott as Booster Gold. Done a lot of different television. Maybe more recently, people might remember him from the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. I know that's uh, that's a popular show. I've never seen it, but uh, he's yep. on that show. 
And uh, uh, in fact, it's funny we mentioned we should mention uh, Mr. Scott and in fact Billy West were apparently so enjoyed in this episode, perhaps by James Tucker especially, and and perhaps as well uh, Andrea Romano, the voice director, as they were brought back to to reprise their roles as Booster and Skeets in uh, multiple episodes of the Brave and the Bold cartoon later on. So. They uh, not go. only got to not only got to play play uh, play these roles kind of as a one off here in Justice League Unlimited, but uh, in in a couple episodes of Brave and the Bold as well. So yeah, I, I think uh, Tom Everett Scott's uh, was again we talked about it in plot, but having a character that's this self absorbed and this kind of this much of a glory hound and still have him be kind of likable and you still being able to root for him is not necessarily an easy thing. And a lot of that comes from the writing, but I think it also comes from uh, from his vo- uh, vocal performance as well. Yeah, it takes some points. Um, I, th- I think it. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think he sat there and listened to 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 vocal performances and said, "Hey, I'm going to take from this person and that person." But you know, I, there's some Michael Rosenbaum in there. There's there's some you know snarky male lead in a you know, in a movie, in a, you know, comedy <laughs> movie, um, you know, whether that this, this is obviously before Deadpool. So, but you know, Ryan Reynolds type, I guess you would say. Yes. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't go over the top. It's not distracting. And I think, like you said, by the end of it, he's like, he was not very likable within the first three minutes of that episode, but he turns it around really, really quickly as he begins facing more and more, you know, kind of uh failures i guess in, in what he's trying to do so yeah I, I think his performance is really really great makes a lot of sense as to why he was then cast again as this character later on in uh as you stated in brave and the bold because yeah he does a great job um he does a great job of communi- communicating that arrogance to a point and he even gets his, his uh I, I hate the word but i'm going to use it his swagger back a little bit at the end <laughs> of the episode uh as he kind of jokingly rubs in man's face uh in getting the girl at the end and and sort of restates a line that the elongated ma- man had used before to taunt him and that being the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease so mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think his performance is really really great yeah i would agree with that and for all the reasons we've talked about like we said i think this is a really especially from from the guest cast to carry so much of this episode uh i actually went ahead and gave voice acting a perfect 10 out of 10 in this, uh, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't d- disagree with you at all. I went with a 10 out of 10 also. I think uh, everybody did a gr- really great job here. And, um, you know, I think that the performances were really, really strong and, and warranted that perfect score. Well, there you go. All right, Cal. Well, that will bring us to our final. Oh, wait a second. That, ah. that sound, in fact, means we have a bonus point the first time in a few weeks here. And it's not my bonus point sound that's going off this week. That must be your bonus point sound going off this week, Cal. Aye, that it is. Uh, and the reason I am uh, giving us a bonus point. So I, I actually did some research before we went on here to try and verify that this was correct. I only saw one mention of it. And uh, that was on the IMDb page, uh, which, of course, we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago is crowdsourced. Uh, so no official <laughs> confirmation on this. But uh, I I thought it was 
interesting enough to try and find somebody else to see if they agreed with me. And at least one other person agreed with me. So uh, that being in the very, 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 very first scene, uh, the opening shot pans across the screen and it is a robot who is laying in the middle of a building that Booster has apparently just defeated. He goes along and gives a speech about how the robot never stood a chance. Visually, if you look at the robot, and I did twice just to make sure, but the robot uh, visually is very, very similar to one of my favorite robots in the history of animation, that being the Iron Giant, oh. um, which is also, of course, a Warner Brothers property and a movie that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, maybe one of the best pieces of animation of all time, way ahead of its time. It's a cult classic now, and, a, and a, you know, it's, it's kind of gained this following. It was not a commercial success at the time. Um, I would love to have a, uh, an entire hour to discuss The Iron Giant and how great that is. But uh, visually, this, this robot that has been defeated by Booster Gold has a visual similarity to the Iron Giant. So I felt like maybe the uh, the artists here were giving that uh, that movie a little wink and a nod. Uh, but uh, yeah, as that as as I'm not the only person that thought that I felt like it was enough to give it a, a bonus point because somebody else out there thought it looked visually similar too. So I'd love to get confirmation one day <laughs> that that was indeed a, uh, a nod to it. But uh, even if it wasn't visually striking, the iron giant gives this a, uh, an extra bonus point there. Well, there you go. That's awesome. And we should mention, uh, this is not a bonus point for me, of course, because again, you didn't hear my bonus point sound. But uh, <laughs> when uh, in when the when Star Labs sort of is, is first affected by the Mordru battle leading to the black hole, we see a group of doctors running away, and one of the doctors looks a lot like the guy from Nothing to Fear. Uh, the, yes, the he does. Who scolds Bruce Wayne for being a party boy who would bring shame to the Wayne name? Uh, he happens to look a lot like that guy. I don't know, like that guy was like a professor of something at a of psychology or something at uh, or was he the dean of the college? I don't quite remember what what even his his title was in that game. But he's the guy who fired Jonathan Crane from. Is it Doctor Long? I think we were talking. Is, is yes. That... Yes. Yes, he's the guy who fires the Scarecrow from the university, leading to the scarecrow becoming the scarecrow basically. And, um, and there's the one who, the one who basically tells Bruce that he's a disappointment and a disgrace to the Wayne name. Yes. The, the whole, the whole, the whole point of that episode is sort of set off by Bruce having this sort of being accosted by this man who, who knew his father and then tells him that, you know, Wayne used to stand for something and now you're just a spoiled pretty boy. And, uh, anyway, that a person who looked a lot like that doctor, uh, happens to have uh, apparently been working in Star Labs at the uh, at the time of this uh, cataclysmic event. And boy, if if it is the same guy, man, he's, he's had a rough <laughs> life. I'm pretty sure he made another appearance. We mentioned his appearance in another episode at some point. Also, uh, we'll have to figure out which one that was. But he's definitely yeah. He gets around. That dude dude is working. <laughs> Working overtime at a couple different places. Yeah, I mean, it's de it's definitely not that they just like reused a character model. Like, <laughs> definitely it's the, same. the same guy, or he has a twin. Right, exactly. Either way, his we need that story fleshed out. 
All right, but on a, on a more serious uh, note, we can uh, we can give our actual final scores here. And tallying everything up here, Cal, I have a final score of thirty-two out of forty. Yeah, and uh, mine is a little bit higher. I think our our you know I appreciated the visuals a little bit more than you, and I gave the music a little bit of higher score, uh, which brought with my bonus point actually. Put this into our top pick section, a 37 out of 40 for this episode. Wow. Yeah, so yeah I guess we can we can touch on rewatchability here before we wrap up. Uh, I would say, yeah, this one gets a thumbs up for a rewatch because, again, it's it's a good example of how you can you can kind of address this giant group of heroes fighting and having these crazy battles, but also kind of tell smaller stories at the same time yeah i would say that um like i said based on the fact that this wasn't one that i watched a whole lot it's not uh it's not one maybe that i'm gonna watch uh 10 more times but if i'm looking for a good episode and one i you know i watched this actually with my wife who you know she doesn't dislike uh batman animated <laughs> series um you know she she has a fondness for it in her own way but she's definitely not fanatical about it but she enjoyed this episode as as much uh as i did i believe in in our watch of this episode so um in with that i would definitely recommend it as a yeah give it a give it a watch it's not pivotal to the rest of the story obviously but it's a it's a cool spotlight on a character that you may not be too familiar with or has not gotten a lot of time in animation or, you know, hasn't gotten his own movie yet, or has not had a live action version of him made uh, no TV series about booster gold as of yet. So, you know, I, I think no. that, uh, I he think did, that uh, he did get to guest star on Smallville once in that, in that final season, but never, uh, never his own series or, you know, nothing. He and really hasn't even been around that much in the, in the comic books for the last you know, going on a decade now, he's kind of been in the background or, or not used at all. So definitely, I think a character that could that could use a little more shine uh, as, as we move forward here into this brave new world where any superhero can get a can get a TV <laughs> series. There you go. All right, Cal. Well, that will wrap us up for this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. This was episode 103. We want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both places you can find us at DCAU Review. We're always posting on our Instagram. We have new episodes coming up, and Cal does a great job of keeping us abreast of all of the news and, and new. There seems to be new DCAU themed merchandise of some kind coming out almost every week, which is so exciting and fun for us. And uh, we do we try to uh, keep everyone up to date on that sort of stuff. And we also post clips of uh, of upcoming episodes or episodes that have just dropped. Uh, their little audio clips on our Instagram page. And you can always follow us on Twitter if you'd like to discuss with us uh, your thoughts on this or any other episode we reviewed, what you think we should review next, anything like that. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. Don't forget also, uh, since our last episode, we also put out a, an additional bonus episode where we're talking about Batman The Adventures Continue, the comic book, uh, first two issues 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Make sure you give that a listen. Make sure you give those a read as well. They are out in digital form now. Liam, I know we uh, we discussed today, uh, we were or this week on Twitter, we were talking about uh, some of the, the variant covers that they're coming out with. Just lots of cool stuff happening uh, with, with Batman the Adventures Continue. And no shortage of DCAU talk happening these days. So make sure you, you do check that out. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Google and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on all of those major podcast apps. So no matter where you listen to your podcast, give us a subscription. If you listen to one uh, on Apple, go ahead and uh, give us a review. That helps us out. Give us a five-star review. Let people know why you like us and, and what you like about the show. That helps us out, helps us improve, and also gets more ears on our product. So uh, other than that, I think, uh, Liam, the last thing that we have to do is just talk about what we're going to be covering starting next week, which hard to believe we are already in the month of may yes it is uh, it's wild because this this year both seems to be going forever and yet seems to be going by so fast at the same time uh, uh life life is short but the days are long i think is the expression and yes as we enter the month of may we will be heading back to the future the future then, liam <laughs> that's right all the way to the year 2000 i mean uh, 30 years from now whenever now is or whatever right. uh, that's right we will be covering a batman beyond and we will be picking up right where we left off of course with all the batman shows we go in episode order review each one in order so we'll be picking up with the much beloved i'm gonna assume episode rats uh so we will be picking up with a Ugh. very memorable if nothing else episode of batman beyond next week and uh yeah that's uh that will wrap us up for this week until next time i'm liam and i'm cal and we'll be back next week with another episode of the dcau review Bye bye <laughs>